views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to Lime Talk Radio with Dr. Pat Basili. Epic healing for an epic life. This inspiring show highlights leading-edge solutions, groundbreaking research, headline topics, and tools for holistic healing and wellness. This hit show is dedicated to raising awareness, promoting advocacy and prevention, and supporting initiatives for optimal health. Dr. Pat is passionate and focused on life-saving results reaching far beyond Lyme disease, providing a forum for powerful stories, heart-opening experiences, and hope-activated solutions. Dr. Pat will shine a light on the many shades of Lyme disease fueled by a body-mind-spirit remedy. Now here's your host, Dr. Pat. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's great to have all of you here. Thanks for tuning us in and turning us on. Uh, Wow, Uh, you know, the whole idea about bringing uh, the level of awareness to a whole different place has been what the Dr. Pat show transformation talk radio, and now through transformation radio.fm, you know, our health and wellness channels, all of the channels we're getting ready to launch in two months. Um, what I know about this is that I have gotten to talk with some of the most incredible people, you know, I've interviewed, I think it's close to like 7,000 people over this period of time. I've read as many books And I never, ever get bored. And today's show, uh, for those of you tuning in to Lime Talk Radio with me, Dr. Pat Basile, along with my very special guest, Dr. Elena George, we're talking here about something that people don't want to talk about. Now, many of you that have listened to me, uh, you know that I talk about stuff. Because one of the things that I want to tell everybody is that over a period of time since I've been doing this, We've turned down multiple syndication opportunities for the Dr. Pat show and beyond. And there's a very good reason because once the show gets in the hands of a network and a station, and we are our own network, but we do not filter our hosts or our shows, uh, then we're not going to be able to talk about what we're going to talk about here today. And what I want to say to all of you that are concerned about what we're launching with Transformation Radio, no, none of this is going to change. Today, I'm honored to be able to bring someone to the forefront that you may or may not heard about. And I said to her before we got on here, I said, listen, Dr. George, I could spend the entire hour talking about the things that you've done. How do you even get to be, you know, part of the who's who top doctors? How do you do that? What is it that you have to express in your life and how you show up in the world of healthcare, healthcare reform. How does this happen? You know, how does someone like she get to show up and be known for not just her work, her extraordinary care, her philosophy, her principles, her values, but I'm telling you, you can be all that and do absolutely nothing, nothing in life. Well, that's not her. And, you know, hosting her own show, uh, medicine on call. And by the way, we're going to talk about that and a lot, a lot of other things, you know, whether you're read about her contributing in, uh, in magazines or out there speaking for those that cannot speak for themselves, you know, this is another way to do that. And I want all of you to know that today, what we're talking about is big medicine. 
we're talking about big medicine. I don't even understand how I can even begin to talk about that with that conversation. But it's so great to have you here, Dr. George. Thank you so much for today. You know, I don't even know what that means, big medicine. I think it, even when I say it, it is not big enough. Thank you and welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Let's talk about what big medicine is because big medicine, man, there are many faces to it, aren't there? Mm-hmm. There are. I think what I was trying to capture when I wrote the book, um, Big Medicine, the fact that it's moved from an individualized um, labor of love. Doctors love what we do. We only want to help people. I mean, that sounds kind of, you know, a little old fashioned, but that's why people go to medical school. And in the past 20 years, 25 years, it's been in a slow movement, an encroachment, a takeover of the doctor-patient relationship. And after the Affordable Care Act passed, we're now seeing a corporatization care system. One-sixth of the economy is trying to be annexed into a, a, a better regulation-based, crony-driven system where disease is a business, patients are cost centers, and doctors are part of the, you know, they're to be used to the system run, but it's never going to interest the doctor and patient. And that's the, the overall view of what's going on. People know that there's something wrong, but they haven't really figured out what it is. Yeah. I, I want to talk about a term that's in the book. Um, and I love this term. I, he I first heard this term when I worked for a corporation and managed a trillion dollar budget. And the term I heard was fungibility, fungible, mm -hmm. fungible. And it was really interesting what categories were put into the fungible category. And one of the things I watched happen in this budget was that fungible became people, right? I, I'm yeah. not saying we have evolved with that term. I'm saying now we don't call them fungible. Now we call them human capital. And I am so appalled by referencing people as, as if you would reference a machine. But you use a term that's called non-fungible doctor. I love this term, and I'd love for you to talk about it because it does really set the stage, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, language matters. And <laughs> what we're seeing in our country right now is you know, thought police, uh, PC crowd running the, the I guess, the, the narrative based on language. Yeah. Think about what has gone on in the healthcare profession. Doctors were physicians, surgeons, whatever. We're now providers. That's what they try to call us. That means you are no different than every other um, uh, mid-level uh, medical uh, person in the system, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, techs, we're all considered to be providers now. When you try to devalue someone's, someone's worth, then you get to control what they, what they can say, what, they're, what they did, you name it. It just becomes, yeah. you just have to go along and get along because you're just part of the whole. And they're even training doctors in medical school to think this way. So I, old school, I trained using the Hippocratic where I could not do harm. I can't pull a plug on somebody. I cannot perform an abortion. I took an oath not to do that. That's not the case anymore. One of the first pages in my book talks about how there's the old Hippocratic Oath and the new one. And the new one to perform euthanasia, perform abortion, to decide who lives and dies because it's part of the services that you offer as a physician. 
So there's a line that's been crossed in the new healthcare delivery system where someone gets to value you as a patient. Someone gets to value you as a doctor. And if you're deemed to be an outlier, you have a disease that's, that's going to be too costly, or you're doing more of a workup and an in-depth evaluation of your patient, and you're taking away from the, the money that the system is going to make, they're going to get rid of you. This is not healthcare. This is control. And that was my first thing that I ever wrote. Um, one of my blogs that I wrote in my, um, on my website was the fact that the Affordable Care Act is not healthcare. It's about control of the economy, control of the healthcare dollar, control of what doctors do for their patients. And ultimately, the patients are now figuring out it's control of their pocketbook. It's a transfer of wealth from the middle class, the working class, to corporate interests and the government in the form of taxes, in the forms of all sorts of freebies that you thought you had, but you really don't. Yeah. I mean, isn't this an interesting conversation we're having? I was sharing with you before the break that something interesting happened to us. And uh, all of a sudden, we had our, slur- our server slow down mm-hmm. and slow down almost to a crawl. And we thought it was our technology here, right? And as we're, we're looking at things, we called our programmers because we're getting ready to launch 10 channels that are all about positive talk, unfiltered talk radio, thought leaders coming to the platform, right? So we mm-hmm. thought, oh my gosh, we must be building it too quickly or something. I don't know. But what we found out was that was not true. Out of all the websites we have up, out of all the shows that we do, hundreds of them, right, on the network, hundreds of them, the show that people decided to hack was this one. It's the show that I do on Lyme Talk Radio, did the first show on Lyme disease back in 2005, and all of a sudden we're having a conversation that's really talking about the facts here. We're talking about what people may want to find out more about. That's what your book is, right? You know, it's like, here's the book. Take a look. Did you know? That's exactly what it's about. Yeah. Look, did you know? I want to be clear. This is who's right and who's wrong. It's not about winners and losers and playing the Hegelian dialectic. I don't play that. I'm about the truth. Okay. I think these guys are all the same side of, you know, two heads of the same side of the coin or whatever you want to be. Uh, and now they're talking the same game, but they're making us run things by emotion. And when you do things by emotion, you end up behind the eight ball. This is not a black or white issue. It's not an American versus non-American issue. It's a human issue. And everybody does deserve the right to quality health care. And I'm going to put a caveat on that. You don't have the right to my services as a physician. But you have the right for you and I as doctor and patient to decide what's best for you without deciding by regulation or by arbitrary means that you're not worthy. That's what I mean. This yeah. whole movement is about control. Yeah. This is, just think about, the, you only have a few things that you really have to have you know, autonomy over. Your thoughts, your body, your family. This is all being taken away in the Medical um, decision-making is being taken over by evidence-based medicine about conveyor belt-driven systems where if you have a disease, you need to put on, be put on this medication for this long. And if you're not better, then it's a doctor's fault. They won't be paid. That's the yeah. system that, that's being un, unraveled in this. Well, yeah. And, you know, this is really kind of interesting. I'm not sure whether you know this or not, but we're going to take a short break here. But here's the thing. Everybody's scratching their heads. I'm going to share some information about legislation that was just passed thanks to Susan Green, an attorney, 
But here we have a disease, disease, Lyme disease, that has been chronic Lyme disease, by the way, that has been literally, now we're finding out how understated it is by the CDC and why. Now, why would that happen? Why, aren't he, why isn't this disease even classified as a disease? Well, there are lots of information. But here's something to noodle on until we come back. If you look at the people that are getting well, getting well and living, what are the treatments they are getting? How are they being treated? And where are they going to get the treatments? Yeah, it's not, the, it's not about Affordable uh, Care Act anymore. It really is about healing. And, you know, this is really the show that's going to help you say, did you know? Did you know you can go here? Did you know you can educate yourself? That's what today's show is about. That's what this book is about. We're going to take a short break, everyone. I'm so honored. I'm thrilled, you know, about today's show to have Dr. George join us here as we explore five reasons why the current healthcare system is unsustainable. But more importantly, if you're somebody like me or you're some others, it is actually not working for you. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. everyone, this is Dr. Pat. The ancient Inca root vegetable maca is world-renowned for its wide array of health benefits. As a family-run company of true maca specialists, the maca team's mission is to provide you with fresh, organic, premium-quality maca powders at a fair price. Amazing. All of the products are always organically grown, fair-traded, GMO-free, fresh, and potent. So don't take my word for it. Experience the life-changing benefits of maca today. Visit themacateam.com. Francine Vale is a being of light. She believes that all people of planet Earth are as well. As co-host of the Angel Healer radio show, Francine teaches you heart-centered ways to manifest healing on your own behalf and how to integrate love more fully into your daily life. Connect with your angels as you find your life flowing with ease and harmony. Walk the path of light with Francine and Dr. Pat Basili every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Transformation Talk Radio is dedicated to the education and awareness of Lyme disease. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Lyme Talk Radio. I'm Dr. Pat, joined here by Dr. Nusheen Darvish. Dr. Pat Basili and Dr. Nusheen Darvish will be bringing the most innovative, groundbreaking information, research, treatment innovations, and stories from those it affects every day. I'm so excited to be talking about this. We have so much to share. Dr. Darvish and I are planning to do is connect the dots. People suffering with all sorts of chronic diseases, it's time. It is time for them to transform. Tune into Lyme Talk Radio and help keep our mission strong. For the loyal listeners out there that have been listening to this incredible show on Lyme disease, we are not going to let you down. We're going to come through stronger and enrich the platform for Lyme disease awareness through Lyme Talk Radio. The message will continue. The conversations will become stronger and the healing epic. Get ready to rid yourself of all that is weighing you down and holding you back from living the life you want for yourself. Coming Clean, The Art of Transparency with Katherine Moss is a hit show for women in recovery who are ready to live life on purpose. Tune in and let Katherine help you live your truth one day at a time. 
live each Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's great to have you here on Lime Talk Radio. And by the way, we're taking your calls. 1-800-930-2819. What do you have to say about the topic? Give us a call. Or if you don't want to call in, what you can do is you can go to the Dr. Pat show um, or you can go to Transformation Talk Radio. And uh, what you can do is type in a message for us. Um, uh, and you know, I got a couple of uh, messages here from people because, you know, you guys are, you just, this is a hot topic. It's hot, but you know what, when you have a hot topic, you got to bring the best of the best to the table to chat about it. And that's Dr. Elena George joining me here today. Big medicine is the title of, of Dr. George's book. Uh, before we jump ahead, I, I would love for you to tell folks, how can folks get a copy of the book? Uh, and then you and I are going to talk about what your journey has been like as a doctor and why you've come to the place to write this book. But how can folks get a copy of the book? They can go to my website, DrElanaGeorge.com, and that's D-R-E-L-A-I-N-A, George, like the man's name, .com. It's also on Amazon, although it's, it's uh, a little bit out of stock now because it was well-received over the past several weeks, and I'm blessed. I know. I, I got the Kindle version, though. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I got the Kindle version. Uh, and there's a reason it's out of stock. Let's talk about the reason it's out of stock. Um, I wanted to uh, introduce not just the book for today, but I wanted to introduce your journey. I, I can only imagine what it's like for you to be a doctor. And I can imagine you as a young woman, just like I was when I went back and got my doctor in psychology, right? And, and never practiced it. And I can imagine what it's like, you know, when here you are, you're coming into the world, you are going to save lives, you're going to create change, you're looking in the communities, you're looking at poverty, all of the things that you've done to now be here where you are. Most doctors that I know don't get to the place where you are. They silently go quietly into the night. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey and what was the tipping point for you? Um, that's a great question. Well, first, I'm, I'm a little bit of background. I'm from New York, born in Brooklyn. Um, and, and as a New Yorker, you know, we don't like to take a lot of stuff. No, I'm born in the Bronx. <laughs> there I'm you in go. The Bronx. Yeah. Um, so I went to Mount Sinai for medical school. I did my residency at Manhattan Eye, Ear, and Throat Hospital. And that included training with, at Sloan Kettering for Cancer, New York Hospital for Pediatric ER, and Lenox Hill. And I had an awesome training. And one of the things that we learned in training was how powerful the doctor-patient relationship was. The way that doctors used to train was it was all by the history. That means you got to look at your patient, talk to 
that take a half an hour, 45 minutes to get their story and then confirm your theory with a physical exam. It wasn't all about testing. It wasn't about seven minutes, write a prescription out the door. So I train what I do. I've always wanted to be a doctor since I was a kid and I worked hard and I, I loved every moment of training. So when I got out into residency and I saw what was happening on the outside, you know, capitation, managed care, that was coming online when I, when I left residency. Um, and it was a rude awakening because it set the, the table for where we are now, where it was about volume. They regulated us so badly. They lowered our so much that doctors actually had to start getting help. That is the rise of the physician assistant, the nurse practitioner, all the other mid-level providers that help run the healthcare system. And I didn't like it at that point, but I joined a huge group and I saw, I, I tried to play the game a little bit and I was an outlier in the big group that I joined. I wanted to spend time with my patients and it was get them in, do more exams, do more testing. That's not my style. So as soon as my contract ran out, I opened my own practice. And in 2001, I became a business owner just as much as a physician. And I've been on the front line ever since. And one thing I have to say is, and it's come over the past few years, I really do value what I do. And I think when you started talking about how doctors go along and get along, they don't take the time. Most really sit down and say, I'm providing a service. It's a service. I'm not going to apologize for asking to be paid for what I do. And somebody should not have the right to tell me I have to give my service and this is how much it's worth. When you make that decision, and I have to say, patient as well, you shouldn't want a doctor to call something in for you. They should want to see you. If they don't, or they don't want to answer your questions, you need to find another doctor. If we actually took our power back as doctors and patients, we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in right now. And I really appreciate the fact that you have a, a natural um, metabolic approach to healthcare because that's yeah. exactly what happened with me. My mom got sick. Most doctors who can think outside the box, it comes down to a family member or other loved one yeah. who, who it doesn't work for them, the standard of care. And it made me do due diligence and do research and really dig into physiology of, of, of illness. And I don't think we should have to be sick. The body is self-healing if you get out of the way. And with that mindset, I became more of a holistic or metabolic practicing ear, nose, and throat doctor. So I'm a surgeon. I'm classically trained. But I, I'll use anything, energy medicine, Reiki, you yeah. name it, to actually get my patient to heal. That's the fun of medicine. It's an art. It's not just a science. And that's where if, if people really valued that more, we wouldn't be in a position where we're paying more money, taking more medicine, and yet we're sicker as society. Yeah. I am so glad you brought that up because, you know, you and I share something very interesting. And so does Linda, who booked this show. You know, when you go down the path of medicine and a family member or yourself, I have to tell you, Dr. I I was looking at a wheelchair in 2008 because in 2004, I came down with a mystery disease. And I will tell you that if I was in any other state but the state of Washington, I'd be dead right now or I'd be in a wheelchair or incapacitated, or my brain would have been completely demolished. But the way spirit works in my life is, nope, I wasn't there. And who knew that I would be here talking about something that 
affected me personally, and I'm not in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. But why am I not in a wheelchair? And it's exactly what you just said. Unfortunately, and I, I, I really have to say this, I'm on the same page as you. I, I did, a, I'm getting ready to write an article. Maybe you want to write it with me because the article I'm writing is you're aiming at the wrong target. Are opiates really the problem? And what I'm writing about, I know I'm going to take some flack on this, is mm -hmm. why don't we now put the attention on opiate abuse instead of trying to find out why so many dang people are in so much dang pain? Exactly. Isn't that the best distraction we could have right now to take the pressure off of whatever the care is? And the, Don't you think it's a brilliant distraction? Everything seems to be a distraction. The divide and conquer. It's always appealing to the common denominator and the emotion side of it. I, I, no one, I mean, obviously disease exists. I'm not going to say that it doesn't. But oh, a no. lot of things that are coming on the explosion of obesity, diabetes, cholesterol issues, heart disease... You have to think about what we're putting in our eyes. And no one's making you, you know, drink fluoridated water. You can get a filter. Nobody's making you drink glyphosate. You can choose not to eat processed foods. You know, but you have to love yourself enough to do it. You can't just let it all hang out and take a pill and hope you're going to get better. Not in this system. Because I can tell you, the way the Affordable Care Act is set up, they'll take every single dime they can from you until you get really sick over the age of 50, 55, sometimes younger, and you're going straight to a hospice. That's what they're doing. That's how they save their money. And yeah. that's the movement. The fact that they'll pay a doctor basically more money to talk about end-of-life decisions and take out someone's tonsils, for example, should tell you something. Yeah. Do you know, I want to ask you about this, uh, this hypocritical oath right here. I want mm -hmm. to talk about it for a minute. Um, I just lost a, a very dear friend after a two-and-a-half-year battle with cancer, about two weeks ago. And, you know, there's nothing that I could have said to say, why don't you go see Dr. Darvish? Because if I'd have said that, which I did, but I don't know that that would have helped. But what do I know? I know that Dr. Darvish right now is working with cancer patients, and she has decided not to take insurance anymore because what she wants to do is spend more time with her chronic patients to heal. So when you're talking about a woman who can work with a patient who's got a brain tumor the size of a grapefruit, and people are saying, we got to go in there and cut it out, not that sometimes you don't have to go in and cut things out, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and then all of a sudden, after some months of treatment, it's gone. Somehow we've got to pay attention. But, you know, even in these fields, wouldn't it be helpful if a doctor might say, you know what, we've run out of options for you. But, you know, have you tried this over there with that clinic, that Dr. Darvish right there? You know, she's got some great things. I know that, you know, our, our message to you is there's nothing else we could do. But that doesn't mean there's nothing else that you can do. But that's not what people hear, Dr. George. I'm sorry they don't. No, you're absolutely right. But it's a combination of things. You know, we have a system that is... We've been taught some supposed truths, and people are really taking those to heart. The first one is, if you don't have health insurance, you can't get health care. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that they use to sell the Affordable Care Act, which is absolutely not true. And it doesn't equal quality health care either. Your example of Dr. Darvish is a perfect example. I personally believe if you like the Affordable Care Act, awesome, you can have it. 
But for people who don't want it, they need to know that there are options out there that are, that's, that are bigger and better and cheaper than the Affordable Care Act or any insurance policy for that matter. For example, if your friend had, or anybody who has a, a cancer, for example, mm-hmm. had a medical cost sharing plan, there's a company called Liberty HealthShare. I actually joined as a member because I feel so strongly about not feeding the beast. They would cover healthcare, uh, I'm sorry, cancer care and alternative care. So if you wanted to do Dr. Darvish's program, then they would pay for you to do that. Anything that's medically necessary, that's the kind, that's what health coverage should mean, what you and your doctor decide, not what some panel that's, you know, based in or getting monies from typical players, the typical corporate interest players. You got to follow the money. Who stands to gain? An insurance company makes money by by having you take a drug every day for the rest of your life. That's how they make money. Mm-hmm. There's no interest, if you really think about it, in curing anybody. Why would there be? So follow what the interests are. Peek under the cover. Do some due diligence. Be critical of what anybody tells you, including me. Read. Do your own research. That's what I had to do in order oh, yeah. to learn. And I, I highly respect people who, who have questions but aren't willing, are, are not afraid to look for answers. It's a good thing. Well, and that's what your book does. It really brings it to the table. You know, I started this show out by saying, you're going you're gonna to be a little shocked with what I'm about to say. I, I was supposed to come on and really celebrate this, and I'm going to celebrate it. Uh, new legislation in, in Maryland focuses on Lyme disease testing accuracy, thanks to Susan Green. This is an attorney that does not get paid to go state to state to get the law to change. Somebody who was undiagnosed for 20 years and is alive to talk about it. But guess what? This is what, what, let's celebrate this, but then let's not celebrate this. Here, let's not celebrate the fact that if you don't know this and you're listening to this show, Dr. George, you're going to be shocked. You're going to be shocked right here. Here's what the law says. On Tuesday, Governor Larry Hogan signed legislation requiring doctors notify patients in writing of potential false negatives or false positive with Lyme disease testing, and treatment may be required regardless of those results. Oh my gosh. Why wouldn't we, why did we have to get a law for this, Dr. George? Can you help me understand this? Well, it sounds like, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm reading that to mean that no matter what is if you're if your doctor is suspicious they're gonna they're gonna treat you no matter whether you want it treatment standard treatment or not yep. is that how you read well, that without this law they don't even have to tell you the results so you don't even know you know <laughs> here's what they do you go get the test and they say you don't have Lyme disease and off you go and you walk around trying to figure out oh I don't have Lyme disease so now let me go get 15 other tests to see if it's thyroid cancer this cancer or that so what this law is going to do is say wait a minute you can't give people answers like that anymore well that's because now somebody. what we know about Lyme testing is that you're requiring people to take your health insurance Lyme test which is continuously not giving accurate results and mm-hmm. refuse to pay for the iGenesis test or any other test that is more likely to give you answers. I mean, the fact that we have to have a law where we're telling doctors you actually have to tell people the truth. It's, is this shocking? It, it is. But this, take, this took Susan years. And this is Maryland. 
And, you know, I live in the state of Washington. And so long as the state of Washington refuses to admit that deers carry ticks into the state of Washington and puts up on their website uh, that, oh, my gosh, we have no cases and the only place they're coming in and the only time we'll give them a test is if they say that they're actually from another another state. And you don't pay attention to the doctors like Darvish who are giving people the test anyway. We're just building up the lies, aren't we? It's true. Um, I think that there's a lot of uh, subterfuge, if you want to put it that way. People are trying to drive people to do to perform in the way they want. You know, they take away your choice, like ginning up fear in some instances. And in your case, what you just described, not wanting to tell people the truth so they can take control of their own health. But, but it, again, it's that centralization of the healthcare system where somebody knows what's best for you. You're too stupid to, to handle your own healthcare needs. And you and your doctor together can't decide what's best for you. That's the problem. And the book is called Big Medicine, but the, the second part of the, of the title is The Cost of Corporate Control and How Doctors and Patients Working Together Can Rebuild a Better System. So well, let's use, a, believe- let's use a real example. I know you've not talked about this in the book, but I do want you to weigh in on this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, dare I even mention Medicare? Now, I love the idea of Medicare because without Medicare, OMG, is it the best thing in the world? I don't think so. But here's an interesting fact. Are you ready for this one? Mm-hmm. There was a treatment out there for people with serious arthritis in their knees. Now, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know the scientific term, but for a while, insurance companies were paying to get this natural injection stuff into your your knees, and it builds cartilage. I don't know what that thing is called. Uh, I call it, I don't know, chicken fat, I was calling it, but I know that's not right. But it was this injection that you could get. Oopsie, now we have a meta-analysis that says It's no better than the placebo. Therefore, Medicare is not going to pay for it. Oh, really? Why? Because the people that were getting it are electing out of knee replacement surgery. That's why. And yet... Follow follow the money. (laughs) Follow the money. So I went back to my doctor and I said, I want to see the study. And I want to make a case for this because I don't really understand this. It doesn't make any sense. So I said, are you telling me that the thousands of people that were getting this treatment are no longer going to get it? It's very expensive to pay for it. And that the uh, and, and so I said, I said, what what's your recommendation? Over oh, knee replacement. OMG, really? Wait, I get injections once every six months, or wait a minute, let me have both of my knees replaced. This is just one point of the many points you make in your book. What is our greatest challenge here? Dr. George, you know, I know you are so immersed in here. This book is fabulous, by the way. I mean, you don't leave anything out. But what are you finding now is the greatest challenge is why do you think this rep- this this book is now out of stock? I think people are waking up to the fact that the promises that they've made will never and can never be kept. They promised stuff that was never going to happen. 30 million more people enter a broken healthcare system, pay less and get more. Come on. Really? First of all, they don't have enough people that they said was going to we're going to join the Affordable Care Act. That didn't happen. They set it up to fail. And you've mentioned Medicare. Let's talk about that for a minute. Sure. I think that Affordable Care Act was built backs of seniors. If you remember that over $700 billion were taken out of Medicare to prop up and to build 
Affordable Care Act. Yep. They used that money. That money was for patient care, for medications, you name it. It's gone. And yeah. the seniors are now in, in the position where if they do get admitted to a hospital, but, but that's kind of rare now because of the accountable care organizations, which I'll tell you about in a second. But if you admit a senior under Medicare, they have to make sure that it's coded correctly, that they're put in as an inpatient versus an outpatient, because if they are, any medicine that they get in the hospital becomes their responsibility because of the designation of inpatient versus outpatient, Medicare Part A versus Part B. You have no idea that you're going to get socked with this bill until you're discharged. That's tragic for someone fixed income. That's tragic. It is. And I've seen how they get treated, and it's not right. Yeah, and let's compound it by the supplemental insurance that everybody thinks they're getting is going to cover them. No, if Medicare no. doesn't pay for you, your supplemental is not. So no. the, people don't know that. They think, oh, I got the supplemental. I'm calling, I got the best supplemental program. Well, ask this question. If I get the supplemental program, are you going to pay for something that Medicare doesn't pay for? No, we are not. To top it off, even if you have a health savings account, let's say you're not a senior, you have commercial insurance, and you think you're awesome because you have a health savings account. Well, I'm here to tell you that if the insurance company doesn't cover whatever it is you and your doctor want, you cannot use your health savings account money for that. It is controlled by the insurance company. Nobody knows that. That's like a, a hidden little jewel right there. And the second thing under Medicare and Medicaid is if you pass away while you're getting treated for Medicaid Medicare, they can attach it to your estate and take your estate to pay for what, what the government paid for in Medicare and Medicaid money. Nobody knows this. You can't even pass your wealth to your loved one in this system. So again, I think it's been a, a, a slam bang job of taking money from people who have worked for it and giving it to the government or to the insurance companies. And even those who are getting subsidies under the Affordable Care Act, if they make, if they start, you know, um, qualifying for a subsidy, but they subsequently get a better job, make more money, they have to pay that subsidy back the next year. This is not a gift. It's a loan. So again, it's like they get you coming and going. They promise one thing, they bait and switch it, they pull the rug, and people are now realizing, wait a minute, I joined, I played the game, I still can't afford to see a doctor because my out-of-pockets are so high. My out-of-pocket costs are triple what they were before the Affordable Care Act got passed, and people are still ending up in the emergency room. So when you really look at what they say and what reality is, Healthcare costs may have come down, but it's because people don't access the system as much. They're going longer, they're sicker, and they're still ending up in the emergency room. So who won in this game? It wasn't the, and it wasn't the doctor. I'm one of 30% of physicians in, in, in practice now. We used to be 55% of practicing physicians. We're now down to about 30% because we've been run out of, out of business because we can't stay open. So the healthcare are expensive. The hospitals have Pac-Manned rural hospitals. They've closed, closed community hospitals. You've gone from dozens of insurance companies to five, soon to be three. You've gone from thousands of, you know, thousands of hospitals around the country where those have become hospital systems. People have to travel hundreds of miles in some instances just to get care. So who did this help? Nobody except the insurance companies who made out like bandits subsidized for those who couldn't afford it. And if people dropped out, the government made them whole. And I, you know, don't shed tears for United Healthcare that they're leaving. The gravy train's over and they're getting out while they can. 
So ultimately, think about what reality is and what we're being told, and they're they're completely it's it's inverse to what's really what's going on in the yeah. real world. On the well, let's talk line. about United Healthcare because everybody put their money, uh, you know, their bucket into United Healthcare Supplemental yeah. for Medicare. I mean, watch the commercials on TV. You know, what? Where, where are you going? What? What? Mm-hmm. What's happening? And, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, all of a sudden now we're hearing conversations in our, in our politics about healthcare all of a sudden. Everybody's got to reform healthcare. But, you know, I just read something this morning and I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, would somebody come up, show up? so that we can get to a solution. Now, in your book, you do provide solutions. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you, what kind of initiative is it going to take? I mean, doesn't this have to be a grassroots movement? But if people don't oh, yeah. even understand that there is a call to action, nothing is going to happen, is there? Oh, absolutely not. That's what. That's the whole last third of the book. It's about empowerment. It's about if you don't know what's out there, you cannot make an informed choice. I'm going to give myself as an example. Yeah. I don't have commercial insurance. I decided I'm not going to get robbed by these people. I have to see these patients. There's no way I'm going to pay them money to get nothing. So I joined um, a medical cost sharing group. I mentioned Liberty Health Share, for example. There are other Christian ministries out there. I chose Liberty Health Share specifically because it was Christian based in how it is uh, set up. But you- you belong to a church. You don't have to be Christian, but you just have to follow the guidelines right. of, I am my brother's keeper. I want to share in their period. But what I'm paying, and I think most people could really appreciate this, $199 a month covers me up to a million dollars per occurrence per year. And my total out of pocket is $500 for the entire year, period. And I can go to any doctor, any hospital that I want to. And I can tell you that it's that cheap. Because there is a two-tier system in our country. There's the insurance model where you're paying exorbitant money for nothing. The market side, where you cut the middleman out, you get discounts. The quality doctors, like the one you just described, who's doing cancer care, has gotten rid of third-party insurance because she wants to run her own show and be individualized care to all her patients. That's where the quality and the savings are. They tack on administrative fees every time you walk into a, into a hospital, you're done. I can take a patient, for example, for a tonsillectomy in a freestanding surgery center. It's $2,500 for the whole thing, me, the anesthesia, and the center. And I took that same patient to the hospital. It would cost them $7,000, maybe nine. Are you kidding? The same thing. So you need to be as, as listeners, consumers, and consumers. And as soon as you start to ask the hospital hard questions, they fold. So let's say you are in a hospital, you get this crazy bill. The first thing I'd recommend you do is the financial services office and say, itemize this. Prove that I that you did everything on this list. Maybe about a third of it will come off on that with duplicate charges and you never had this consult. That's one thing. And another little trick is something called patient advocate partner, Partners of America. It's a company that literally has your back for 20 months. They become your advocate. They go to the hospital. They help negotiate your bill, get it down. Yeah. There's one for seniors as well. They help with um, discount in dental care, uh, hospitalization, doctors all over the country, radiology labs. I mean, there's a whole 
It's, oh. it's a whole different world out there if you just look outside the box. I'm telling you, one of the most frustrating conversations I've had recently is about dental care. It's mm -hmm. fabulous. It is called the, the black hole of becoming a senior in this country. Yeah. Because unless you have dental care and unless you understand the maze of what you need to say in order for Medicare to pay for anything that's going on in your mouth, you're pretty much doomed. And, and, and you know, nobody hard. knows how to figure any of that out. The dentists don't know. Medicare won't tell you this. I mean, is, I mean, think about it. You know, here you are and you're in your senior years of life. We know some things are going to change about our bodies. And one of the most expensive things to take care of, really, in our normal everyday, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about you got cancer, you're doing this or that. No. But our normal everyday, right? And anybody that's ever had a chronic debilitating disease, let's take rheumatoid arthritis. Do you think rheumatoid arthritis, Dr. George, stops in the mouth? No. <laughs> I don't even know how to make sense of this. <laughs> I mean, it's, you have to be holistic about this. Everything mm -hmm. has a, a source. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're doing the most damage, important part of our, of our system, our GI tract. That's where oh, hormones yeah. are created for your mood. It's where, you know, the, the immune system, 70% is in the gut. Yeah. If that doesn't work properly, it affects those to the end and everything in between. And we need to test, start taking advantage of what we can do that are easy things. Take probiotics, for example. You know, stop eating processed as possible. Cut down on your protein. Become more alkaline and less acidic. All those yep. things help control pain, keep you out of the doctor's office. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a classically trained doctor. There are certain times a medication is necessary. Oh, yeah. But it's not all one size fits all. I like to say, you know, I'm going to treat you as an individual. You're not just a disease when you walk in my office. 45 minutes later, I can tell you that every patient that walks out knows why they're being treated and what they need to do to get better, and how they got into that position. That's really what the whole doctor-patient relationship should be. I think the healthcare system would work much more efficiently if you get people out of it who don't know what they're doing, who test because it's part of the algorithm. I mean, that electronic medical record system is a disaster. Uh -huh. For many things, private is one of them. Every time a doctor puts a diagnosis, a medication, in an electronic record chart, that's for everybody to see from uh, FBI to HHS to Homeland Security. Everybody's in your business and they know exactly what you've seen this, right? The social security folks, if they take, or I think it's, yeah, I think it's social security, you have direct deposit of your check. You're now going to be assumed to be demented and they might not, they'll take your, I knew this was going to happen. This is, you get a diagnosis based on what the chart says, not what reality is, and they can come for you. Like Another example, simple example. I'm an ear, nose, and throat doctor. I can prescribe an antidepressant to help someone stop But all of the chart sees is an antidepressant. So that means there must be some psychological tag to this. So what happens if this person wants to get a, a, a legal handgun, get a job, and this is going to follow them for the rest of their life, but it's not really their diagnosis? This is where metadata gets you into trouble, and yep. you can't reverse it once it's done. And yeah, and you know, you said something very interesting. Uh, I, I've been, I had the recent opportunity to take a journey with a very, very close friend of mine that has, uh, I think there's something like non, non, uh, uh, nine nodules on her thyroid. Mm -hmm. uh, biopsies, doctors, and oh, by the way, there's nothing wrong with you. I don't even understand that idea. I don't even understand that. 
you know, is she getting better? I don't know. We've got, we're doing some alternative things right now that seem to be working, but Mm -hmm. let's talk about the thyroid. If you've got nine nodules on there, wait a minute, maybe your brain's not working. I I don't even understand how to have a conversation about having nine nodules on your thyroid and you're okay. Well, you can actually. It's called goiter, multinodular goiter. There and you one go. of the major things now is iodine <laughs> deficiency. There but you iodine go. iodine deficiency is running rampant because they take an iodine out of the salt. They put bromine yep. in it. Or people are drinking or doing sea salt. There's no minerals in it. None. So iodine supplementation will be, I think, you know, I started doing it. I recommend it to my patients because if you can fix the problem, you'll yep. see less of the symptom and you'll have less treatment that you don't need. This is what's going on now. It's just, is there, here's a problem. Let's put a medication on it or let's do a treatment on it. It's instead of figuring out how you got there. Isn't that interesting that we got to do a show like this that hopefully she's listening to that I can then after the show and say, we got to do a little iodine for you. I mean, how easy would that have been for somebody to say, but no, no. And you walk around thinking, wait a minute. I'm lethargic. I'm not really getting it. I'm starting to feel a little depressed. Maybe yeah. my memory's not working right. And, oh, wow, iodine. How great is that? Because you're right about iodine. We are not doing iodine. You know, and then we're no. buying salt, and it says it's not iodine. There's no iodine in it. <laughs> or there's fluoride in the water. That mess up your thyroid because yeah. the thyroid gets fooled into thinking it's iodine. They say it's a halogen. So there's all sorts of things that are BPA in your plastics where that's a fake estrogen or estrogen estrogen mimicker. So we're doing ingesting things, being exposed to things that our body's getting toxic and we're getting sick. But instead of figuring out, let's change this, let's stop it, let's just put another medicine on or have another walk or put a ribbon on something. That's not the answer. But I think the answer to bring it down to the to back to the the base of this. Yeah. The answer is not government, it's us. We have to individually make our own decision that we're worthy, that we're going to take control of our bodies and nobody's going to run us in fear. I don't live in fear and I'm a much happier person. And you ask at the beginning of the show why I chose the direction I chose. It was because I was so depressed that I was sitting on vacation in tears that I loved what I did and someone was trying to take it from me. And I got so, I was so angry I said, you know, I'm either I'm going to give up and leave medicine or I'm going to fight. And I decided to fight. Nobody right to take away my labor, my hard work for over 20 years, getting to the point that I'm at now where I love what I do. I help my patients. Nobody's going to take that from me without a fight. That's where the book came from. And I wanted the patients to understand that they're in it with us. And if we get together, we're unbeatable because this whole system is supposed to be us, doctor, patient not bureaucrats, not big business. It's us. Let's do something that we can actually win this. Stay healthy, make good decisions, and pick doctors like myself who care about you, not the bottom line, not somebody telling them they're a dysfunctional doctor and they get sham peer-reviewed, but someone who's independent. If you go to aapsonline.org, that's a, a, a website doctors of independent doctors across the country, association of independent physicians. There's plenty of places that people can go and find doctors who are their advocates, agents for the government. If we choose these doctors, system breaks, withdraw your consent, stop being a willing victim. That's how you win. 
Well, and I think that's today's show uh, is is one part of it. But I also would like for you, I know we've got a couple of minutes left. Uh, how can people listen to your show? I'm listening to it online, America's Web Radio. It runs live on Wednesday mornings from 9 to 10. It's also on iTunes, and it's syndicated on Liberty Talk FM on Saturday and Sundays at noon. Great. Could you please mention the website again where they can find out more about the independent doctors? Uh, AAPSonline.org. That's American Association of Physician and Surgeons. And the Association of Independent Doctors, AID, I think it's AID.org. And the Patient Advocate, um, PA.com. That's the company. You can join with as little as $7 a month and get up to 85% savings on prescriptions, 50% savings on dental care, lab testing, et cetera. And then there's libertyoncall.org, one of the examples of medical cost sharing. And I mentioned that it was, uh, you didn't have to belong to a church, but I also want people to know that they cover alternative care. So they cover Reiki, Qigong, they cover acupuncture. They even have, are starting to have a, a uh, medical tourism portion to the to their coverage and they have a special section for seniors so that should become a senior supplemental no one's going to deny you care and if you are you have liberty liberty health share to take over the slack for cancer care for um any kind of surgery i would do and i would say supplemental policies like aflac are awesome we added that to my office staff and now we actually get paid so for about twenty dollars a month we have policies that cover us up to 250, um, sorry, it is $250,000 lump sum paid to you to get a diagnosis of cancer, heart, heart attack, stroke, hospitalization. So I don't worry about my health care, and I'm not going to be in a position where I have to have a substandard second tier because I can't afford it. I'm going for what I want, when I want, and nobody's going to stand in my way. And I'm paying a fraction of what an average commercial insurance plan will pay or what someone who has that is paying. Wow. Thank you so much for today. Again, give out your website and please let folks know how to get the book. Um, it's, again, it's Dr. D-R, Elena, E-L-A-I-N-A, George.com. And uh, it's Medicine on Call is my uh, Twitter, if you want to follow me on that. And, you know, I, I welcome any questions you guys have. If you want to just send it to the email at Dr. Elena George. I think as long as knowledge is power, if we stand together, none of these people who want to work against us can win. Wow. Thank you for a powerful show. And please, thank you for all that you do. And I know I'll be tuning into your show. And I would love for you to come back so that we can do a show that has to do with how can we come more knowledgeable? How can we come more empowered? And how can we look at a holistic approach? To wellness. I hope you'll come back and we can have that conversation. It would be my pleasure and honor to do so. Oh, amazing. Please, everybody, go get a copy of the book. Lots of information in here. And, uh, and have the courage to ask the questions you've been afraid to ask. We'll see you next time. 
Thanks for listening to Lime Talk Radio with Dr. Pat Basili. Epic healing for an epic life. This inspiring show highlights leading-edge solutions, groundbreaking research, headline topics, and tools for holistic healing and wellness. This hit show is dedicated to raising awareness, promoting advocacy and prevention, and supporting initiatives for optimal health. Dr. Pat is passionate and focused on life-saving results reaching far beyond Lyme disease, providing a forum for powerful stories, heart-opening experiences, and hope-activated solutions. Dr. Pat will shine a light on the many shades of Lyme disease fueled by a body-mind-spirit remedy. For more information, visit LimeTalkRadio.com and tune in next time.